Welcome back to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling, and we've got a jam-packed house today. we got a full phone lines on our Swan Energy phone line here. Ready for this? Texas Representative Brooks Landgraf is on the line with us. Vicki Leach and Raymond Hagen as well. Ray, are you both with Hydra USA? Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, good. Right Just wanted to make sure on that before we get into some of the other uh, humanitarian yeah. portions of the segment. And as I mentioned, Sterling's with us here as well. Um, I noticed that in my email here, uh, Governor Abbott waived certain regulations to allow trucks from alcohol industry to deliver grocery supplies. We mentioned the one last segment about the emergency meeting. Uh, to address spike in the energy bills. And then also they announced the EPA approval of waivers to expedite fuel to Texas communities coming in from the governor's office. Also, we've got Brooks Landgraf with us to navigate through some of those as well as his own. What he's got, are you out of Midland? Is that right? Midland, Odessa? Or what, where exactly is your district, Mr. Brooks Landgraf? Well, Jason, it's good to be with y'all. I appreciate the invitation. So I'm from Odessa, and that's a big part of my district, but I also represent, uh, in addition to Hector County, uh, three other counties in the Permian Basin. So Andrews County, Hector County, Ward County, and Winkler County, but uh, all all in West Texas, all in the middle of the oil patch. Winkler County, that's where the uh, Meridian Energy Group's going to be putting the Walton Refinery, like oh, the one yeah, like the right. up in We're the here, bottom. Yeah, right. yeah, okay, just a little plug for yes. them there quick. Uh, so, uh, Vicki, we'll get to you in just a second, but, uh, Brooks Landgraf, you, you heard a few of the, uh, orders that came in from, uh, Governor Abbott's office, as well as just some of the things happening out there. Just kind of an update from you, what you're hearing, uh, from the people out there. And we'll hear from Vicki in a second, who has quite a story trying to get a generator and she's on a water rationing program and a few other things, but, We'll get the voice of authority first. So uh, what are you hearing down there, and what are you recommending to people? Well, first of all, Vicky is the, boy, the voice of authority, but I'll, I'll warm up for her. <laughs> uh, uh, but in all seriousness, the, uh, I mean, this, is, this has been uh, a very trying week for a lot of people across the state of Texas. Uh, there are, and let me just say this, I, I'm sorry that so many Texans were let down by their grid. Uh, as more information comes to light, uh, I think I think it's becoming clearer and clearer that the people of Texas should have never been in this situation. And we are, uh, and I'm a member of the Texas House of Representatives, and this coming Thursday, uh, we are having our first of what will end up being many uh, hearings as part of an, of an investigation into ERCOT uh, to understand precisely what went wrong and then what steps we will have to take to make sure that this does not happen again. So uh, I think our, our mandate is crystal clear uh, here moving forward about what we need to do because Texas in the 21st century should not have gone through uh, what we went through the, this past week. So, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, as you all know, there are no more rolling outages. Uh, there are still some Texans who don't have power uh, to the extent that that's the case. It's because there have been equipment failures, things like that. And the transmission owners are working around the clock. Uh, linemen are working around the clock to uh, restore power uh, in places where it physically uh, has to be reconnected. So I, I think in terms of getting the power back on, uh, we've cleared that hurdle, uh, at least from a statewide policy perspective. 
Of course, now we're dealing with water shortages. Uh, there are uh, water boil notices all across the state. Uh, Texans are uh, also having to deal with uh, with busted pipes in their houses that froze during the storm, uh, and that's creating uh, a big uh, a big need for plumbers. If you've been to the grocery store in the last couple of days, uh, you've seen that the shelves have not been uh, stocked because people have been rushing to resupply uh, their own pantries. And because of the power outage, uh, a lot of uh, suppliers went offline. And then, of course, we had icy roads that kept deliveries from being made. Uh, so that's created a backlog on, on the grocery front. And that's why, as you mentioned, Jason, Governor Abbott has uh, authorized uh, different carriers, whether, you know, even beer distributors and the like, to be able to uh, deliver much needed items to grocery store shelves so that those can be restocked because it's, as we all know, uh, that's desperately needed. So I think we, so long story short, and I apologize for going on and on like this, but we've, we've moved out of the power crisis and now we're dealing with the water, food and fuel crisis. Um, and, and clearly, uh, uh, thanks to Governor Abbott's leadership and, and, uh, and others at, at the state level, uh, I think we're doing everything possible to address those needs. Um, but there's still a lot of anger. I'm, I'm still pretty upset about the situation that, that we found ourselves in. And, uh, you know, first of all, I think it's, it's more important to do things right, put the uh, protocols in place, the policies in place to keep this from happening again. But we also need to uh, hold ourselves accountable uh, for the mistakes that were made that led, uh, that led to this crisis to begin with. Two-part two question, or two different questions, actually. What's a water burn or boil, oh, sorry, a water boil notice? I'm not familiar with that. Well, no, that's a, that's a good question, and a lot of Texans are, are having to find out about it for the first time. I figured so, as much, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, what that is is when uh, power was lost uh, at a water treatment plant. You know, the water treatment plant takes mm. the water from a source, and in Texas, uh, a lot of those sources are freshwater reservoirs, so it's surface water uh, that has, you know, different types of bacteria. You have fish living in there. It's oh, yeah. not uh, as, as naturally clean as, say, uh, you know, an underground source like a like a spring uh, water source. And so uh, before that water can be consumed by humans, it has to go through a treatment process. When the power goes down, the water treatment facilities go down. Uh, but in some cases, the water keeps flowing through, uh, you know, through the pipeline network. And so in order to make sure that all of the bacteria are out um, uh, in your community, will have a different, you know, not every community has to do this, but check with your local water provider. If you are under a water boil notice, it just means that you need to boil that water uh, before uh, you you consume it or use it for cooking or anything like that. Sure, uh, but it's but, but it's designed to kill off the bacteria that could uh, that could do harm to your body. I never even thought of that. You know, dysentery and a few other things. You know, um, sure, we've got you know we've got so many aquifers up here that we just you know we pull it from everything Ar- arsenic is our biggest issue up here i guess yeah, arsenic right. and iron and that sort mm-hmm. of thing so uh okay and then the second question was is you know up here in in north dakota and the western side of north dakota especially there was uh, uh governor burgum who's going to be on in the latter part of the program here he was issuing uh power warnings all week for western north dakota because of of the texas situation and then in moorhead minnesota which is connected to fargo uh fargo moorhead a lot like dallas fort worth uh they had rolling blackouts because of of the texas have have you been told or been educated i still don't 
I have not give, been given a satisfactory answer of how these are so connected and everything like that. I, have you been ge- debriefed at all on this? <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, so I've done a lot of uh, you know trying to get uh, questions answered, answered for my own constituents. I've, I've found myself doing a lot of independent research. Boy, did you never uh, think you'd be answering a Moorhead, <laughs> Minnesota question or well, a Stark County? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you're, but you're right. But yeah, I mean, in, in so many ways, the, you know, the Bakken and the Permian, you know, we are kind of, uh, you know, soul brothers and soul sisters, uh, you know, in so many ways. But I never thought that uh, that would manifest itself, uh, you know, in a, on a grid power situation. But I will say this, you're the first one to mention to me, or this is the first time that I'm hearing it, that, uh, that there had to be power outages in a place like North Dakota, uh, based on what was happening down in Texas. And the reason why is that, uh, Jason, I know I'm not breaking any news here, but Texans kind of have a uh, have an independent streak, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, you know we we kind of uh, take a little bit of uh, state pride in, in everything that we do, uh, and uh, you know most of the time that's all all uh, you know fun and games, but uh, sometimes that does manifest itself into our state's policies, and probably the biggest example of that is that uh, Texas is the only state in the lower 48 that has its own. Uh, power grid. Now, it's not for the entire state, but it does serve about 90% of the state, and we call it ERCOT. Uh, and it's actually, it's not completely isolated from the rest of the country, but it operates independently from the two larger uh, grids that are regulated by the federal government, one that serves basically everything west of Texas, and then another that basically serves everything east of Texas. And one reason why we do that is because our grid is designed to keep the air conditioners running, uh, you know, in July and August when we can go, you know, 40 or 50 days in a row with 100 degree plus temps. So it's a grid that's designed to uh, maximize electric output in the summer, which is historically when we need it the most. Now, sometimes, uh, you know, folks in Canada and the Dakotas send their polar vortexes down to us, uh, you know, once once a decade or once every 25 years or so. And the entire state freezes over, uh, like we saw this week. And the long, uh, basically, the long story short is that uh, our grid was not designed to be optimal under, you know, a week, uh, a week's period of time when, uh, when we had basically sub-zero temperatures uh, for that entire duration. The other problem is, is that we didn't properly winterize plants, and then we also. Uh, February through April is, is the usual time when Texas uh, generating plants uh, go offline for maintenance for those that have scheduled maintenance. And as you know, those can't just be, you know, you can't just flip the switch back on and those get back on the grid. They actually need a month or two in some cases, depending on where they are in the maintenance uh, operation, to be able to come back online. So we just had too much that was offline. The things that were online weren't properly winterized. And then we also uh, had a situation where some of our uh, uh, resource sources um, also had freezing issues. And so it really was literally a perfect storm that, that caused us to be in this situation. But that being said, it could still have been uh, prevented. But anyway, I guess, I guess circling back to your original question, I didn't, uh, b- because we are relatively autonomous with our grid, I didn't know that other, other states were having to make uh, some adjustments based on uh based on what was happening down here in Texas. Well, it makes sense, though, because when you take a look at uh, 2005 to 2015, Texas 
and North Dakota uh, essentially carried the economies. Um, and, and it doesn't take, you can go ahead and go to any economist. They'll tell you the same thing when you take a look at the, the chart. It was, it was the shale boom that really carried a lot of every, every other industry declined. Yeah, every right. other industry lost jobs. The, 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 the entrepreneur movement, mm-hmm. the whole tech boom movement, the healthcare movement, all those lost jobs. The only one that gained right. jobs was the mining industry, mining, meaning the oil and gas industry. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, um, OPEC, or what, what did Christy Craddock call uh, uh, the Texas Railroad Commission, the mini OPEC, mini or OPEC, the, whatever yeah. it was? Yeah. I mean, That's so. Right. That's right. Yeah. And so Texas puts out, obviously, the amount of energy they do. Up here in North Dakota, we're familiar with, with putting out, you know, because we're second, we're Snapple, if you will. Or, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, hey, we get some respect, but we're still, you know, we, we know our place. By the way, the sidebar. Our, uh, our football team is playing like a five, six game schedule. Isn't that odd in the, wow. middle, the middle of March? Anyway, so bowl, bowl <laughs> hey, games are down, over. Down here in Texas, we'll, you know, we'll take year round football. I know. It's just kind of, it's it. just kind of weird though. After the bowl games are done. I mean, it's just like, okay, what are you playing for now? <laughs> I just didn't wait. But I, I did want to ask you about the spikes in, uh, bills okay you know yeah. i'm seeing headlines all over in fact i just pulled up my my yahoo homepage right now and it's another story about another person who's got a sixteen thousand dollar energy bill and you know apparently they're not hard to find two things right. two things okay number one what what's going on that's the obvious one but number two is i think right now is a good time for for people to be reminded that Government can can make quick snap decisions based on overreactions, and right. and and what what I'm seeing here is is a narrative to either do some sort of uh, I call it rent control, but energy control, uh, some sort right. of new regulation that's going to create a uh, a universal system all the time as opposed to a one time fail safe. Do you know what I'm talking about by that? Uh, no, I, I hear you. And look, I, Jason, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, and, and I really appreciate that perspective, but uh, you know, I, I will say this. You know, normally, so I'm a like I'm a conservative Republican. I'm a free market guy. I'm a pro fossil fuels guy. Uh, I, you know, I know what makes our economy tick. There, there have been a lot of issues with uh, just in the last several days. Uh, customers have been going, uh, you know, checking their uh, their electric providers, the, the apps, and looking at the rates and have seen these exorbitant price increases. And let me tell you how we got there. Uh, and it's not a free market um, issue like you would think. It's actually the government getting in the way is what, what's led to this. I don't like it one bit, and, and we're actually taking action. I sent a letter to the Public Utilities Commission of Texas on Friday uh, to, to ask them to put a stop to it. But let me, let me tell you how we got there first. So on Monday night, this was about 24 hours after we realized the mess that we were in as far as power outages across the state. Uh, We were in the grip of this polar vortex storm. And the Public Utility Commission of Texas, which has jurisdiction over the grid operator, uh, said, look, in order for the grid to get back up and running, it's going to be expensive. And this Public Utilities Commission, which is just three commissioners, uh, authorized the generators to increase the rates uh, to cover the cost of getting back, uh, getting electricity back on the grid. Now, I agree from a uh, 
you know, from an actuarial standpoint, that it costs money to do what took place this week to get power back to Texans homes. I get that 100%. It's an expensive prospect. What I don't understand and what I don't like is that that pass was, or that, excuse me, that cost was being immediately passed on to customers who were left freezing in their homes for several days at a time without power. And now all of a sudden they are immediately expected to uh, bear those costs, bear costs for somebody else's mistake. Now, I just, the, the timing of that could not have been worse. And that's why on Friday I sent a letter asking the Public Utilities Commission of Texas to rescind its order authorizing uh, these uh, uh, generator, these generators or these providers to increase the rates. Now, I understand that if we're going to winterize our generating plants like, like we talked about, look, that's going to cost money. And ultimately, uh, the consumer is going to have to, to bear those costs. But there's a smarter way to do that and spread it out. Uh, and then we also need to conduct this investigation to see if, look, were those charges already accounted for and some of these providers just didn't spend the money to winterize? You know, if that's the case, then this that's going to be a, a, an entirely different conversation. But I just don't believe, uh, you know, as a matter of principle, in making innocent Texans who are left literally in the cold, uh, you know, leaving them to, to bear this cost. There's just something fundamentally uh, unfair about that. And because it was a government action that led to these uh, prices uh, increasing, uh, it's, it's incumbent upon me as a representative of the people I serve uh, to – Ask them to really demand in the letter. I said, demand. I didn't say pretty please. I said, you can't do this to the people of Texas and others have since joined in and the governor is on board with making sure that, you know, we don't put this burden on the backs of hardworking Texans. Uh, and, and so, but I think that's absolutely necessary for us to move forward is look, we, we need to hold those who are responsible and look, that may come with uh, with a financial uh, burden or we, we just need to be smart about it. That can't be a snap decision. That's it's one of these bad decisions that's made, you know, in the fog of war, and I think that's something that we have to protect against. Mm-hmm. If you got a PDF of that uh, letter, we'll put that on our website too um, and promote I it. I do, on, I do. I'll, I'll be yeah, happy to send it we'll to you. We'll be happy to promote that on social media for you too. Uh, uh, Vicki and Raymond, we'll get to you in just a second here. Apologize for keeping you to, uh, it online here, but uh, Representative Brooks Landgriff has uh, given us some good information here. Um, I, I did want to ask Brooks one more uh, representative Landgriff one more question before we listen to uh, Vicky's story about trying to get a generator and she's on are you still on water rationing or can you turn on the faucet yet Vicky um, oh. we'll have water for until 5 p.m. and then we'll be off again for the night Okay, so you're still on water rationing. Okay, bath before five o'clock. Okay, <laughs> well that's interesting. Um, I guess you, you, Representative Langriff, you mentioned something that I didn't even think of, which is that w- were there actually uh, certain government dollars or grant dollars or something tied to winterizing grids? I guess I, I never even thought of that. So I don't, I don't want to, so that's something that it's going to take this investigation that we're formally beginning next week to, to get to the bottom of that. I don't want to make any definitive statements on your podcast without knowing <laughs> uh, for sure the truth of it. So I, I don't want to say that. Okay. Uh, because it, so, but if that turns out to be the case, then that would be a very serious issue because that's effectively theft from, from these customers. And instead of 
So well, the generators using that money uh, to do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, that's that, that would be a no. I'll, I'll I'll give you my context. Is um, sure. um, the context I'm coming from is is actually the California wildfires. Is that when the investigation happened on the California wildfires, what they found out was that the energy company that was involved had to do cutbacks because they had to direct a certain amount of dollars towards certain uh, energy sources. And so they stopped trimming the trees back as one of the cost-cutting measures. And that was actually what caused one of the wildfires in the last five years or something like that. So um, that's where my mind is coming from, is that if there was certain areas that things were supposed to be done, but they weren't being done because, you know, just certain areas being directed certain ways. I'm, 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 be, I'm in the same boat you're at right now, Representative Landgraf. Try not to say too much to get myself in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, I, yeah, I just don't want to say anything that's, uh, that's inaccurate. It's obviously kind of a sensitive uh, issue. And, and look, I think that there, I just want to be focused on, on the areas where we actually yeah. need. We're going to have, we're going to have enough problems uh, as it is, I don't want to. I don't want to invent any new ones out of thin air. So no, we, but that's got our work cut out for us. Yeah. That's interesting, though, because I did wonder about that uh, with with the amount of climate change talk and everything else. If if any of that discussions we're having, we're having discussions on our program about even like the pipeline protesters. You know, instead of mm-hmm. protesting new pipelines, why don't you protest the ones that need to be redone because it's critical infrastructure. And so right, you know, we got right, right. we got bridges that need to be redone and things. We're just trying to have different conversations. That's all. But let's bring in Vicky for a second. Hey, Vicky, do you mind telling the story about uh, how you know you guys went without power? You you put out a call for a generator and you're on water rationing. To, so just kind of give people an idea what it's like right now being a Texan and uh, where you're located and just kind of what it's been like the last few days. Um, so, I mean, I'm in Rockport, so we, we got, um, a lot less weather than a lot of people, um, you can probably know that, uh, snow and ice is extremely abnormal for this far south in Texas, uh, the concrete does not take kindly, um, and, uh, I do want to throw this out there just really quick, Jason. Uh, Representative uh, Landgraf, not only is he a personal, you know, do I know him personally, but I follow him as as do I several other reps uh, for Texas. And I actually had to follow Representative Landgraf to get updates because he was literally on social media every day, several times a day, if not hourly, giving updates to the state of Texas, whereas no one else was. Uh, And the representative in our area, like, passed along one about rolling uh, power, which we never saw that in Rockport, by the way. But Brooks was literally on every hour giving every update possibly could to his area, which because we would have no idea what was going on had it not been for Representative Landgraf. So huge kudos to him. <laughs> Just had to get that out there. Um, anyhow, rolling power, we never saw that here in Rockport. Once we went out 
at the wee hours Monday morning. We never saw power again until super late Wednesday night. Not being prepared for that because that doesn't happen in this area. All of us pulled together, you know, Bernadette lives here. Um, Bernadette actually had power on the other side of the golf course, um, which was crazy. Um, so we all went over to Bernadette's and had supper one night. And the other night, we actually went out to one of our other friends and we got firewood because I actually have a fireplace. Nobody else did. So we built the fire at my house to be warm. And a couple of friends, you know, uh, came over and one of our, one of my teacher friends came over here and we had sleepovers here and kept warm here by the fire. Um, no water, thank goodness. You know, we keep a lot of, uh, cases of water around because we go, you know, we go to the beach all the time and now we have no water. Um, and thank goodness for all that oil field cooking. Because I cooked on the fireplace, I'll have you know. Um, we we kind of lived like Little House on the Prairie for a minute. But um, anyhow, uh, now, you know, we're everybody's kind of trying to get back into the swing of things. But now we have this water rationing. So our water gets turned on at 8 o'clock in the morning and gets turned back off at 5 p.m. So you've got to fill your bathtub. <laughs> I was just going to ask, describe how that works. I mean, because a lot of people say fill your bathtub and then you've got water throughout the day to, you know, boil and do a number of different things like that. Is that what you're doing? Well, I'm not cooking with it because I see what it looks like in the bathtub and I'm not trying to cook with that. Um, Making soup in the bathtub. Yeah. Um, it's hard enough to try to take a shower in it. I think my hair, my hair is just rebelling. Um, knowing what it looks like in the bottom of my head. <laughs> so, um, I've had to be, I've kind of had to be a little creative on, you know, what I'm making and I'm trying to, uh, I'm preparing meals ahead of time, you know, cause I'm going to work this week. We, you know, we, uh, Hydra, uh, uh my guys from Hydra are coming in from Kentucky and Canada. Just got to throw this in there. Uh, there are some things that, that we do at Hydra that can um, help with the flooding and things that are going on, which that's why we've got rain in here. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, get my, my house prepared for me to be gone for a few days. So, you know, my dad has things here to to eat and heat up and, well, there's literally nothing at the grocery store. There's I was no going to ask you, what, what are the grocery stores like? It's, it's, they're bare. There's no meat. There's nothing in the frozen food section. Literally every one of the cases, I will go by there and take pictures and send them to you today, Jason. Um, nothing in the dairy section, nothing in the meat section, nothing in the frozen food section. Uh there's no water, no cases of water, no water at all to be found. Um, Raymond, like I said, is coming from Kentucky tomorrow. Uh, he's going to be bringing cases of water from Kentucky, bless his heart. Wow. Um, and he's going to stop somewhere and get some milk to bring for my dad. 
Um, Better boil that water from Kentucky. You don't know about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it, it's bourbon, isn't it? Isn't that what Kentucky water is? Yeah, it's just straight bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, That's quite the challenge. You know, we, we and back when I was doing some stuff at uh, KFGO Radio, we would... We would have these power outages every now and then, ice rain, and it would snap the, the power lines. And the more rural you were, of course, you were the more lower on the priority list, but those people were very self-sufficient. Yeah. And we started doing like daily check-ins with these folks, and they, they were fine and everything. They, were, you know, they, they were, had no problems and everything else. But it's amazing how you, know, you forget, how quickly we forget that you know, there are rural people out there that they may go a month without power. I mean, it's just, just because of the snapped phone lines and, you know, the power company's oh, yeah. only got X amount of people that can do that task and things like that. And they're okay with it and everything along those lines. So anyway, I, I just I bet wood burning fireplaces are gonna yeah. be a new popular I thing in parts of Texas. In Oklahoma back in 01. I'm sorry, what was that, Vicky? The ice storm in Oklahoma back in uh, 2001, uh, I was five weeks with no power. Five weeks? Yes, sir. That's a lot. Crazy. Yes. Ice storm of 2001. That was, woo. There are a lot of Hollywood celebrities that pay big bucks to go five weeks without power. (laughs) <laughs> they call that a walkabout or something. Like that. Anyway, so sorry about that. But. Yeah, have you seen the meme going around? No. The one that says, you know, it's the one that said, uh, it's got the picture of the one that says, you know, can you live in this cabin for 90 days or whatever without Wi-Fi and, Wi-Fi and uh, <laughs> yeah. electricity? And it says, uh, winter storm, Texas winter storm 2021. And it's got like, uh, it has like Mari on there and he's opening the results and it says, uh, <laughs> has proven, has proven that you cannot. <laughs> hmm. Well, um, Vicki, you mentioned Raymond has some solutions to what's been going on out there for, so there's actually some solution based journalism here to, uh, some problems that exist. So. Raymond, how is it that, that you guys in Hydra can assist some people out there with what's happening and either either during or or the cleanup, if you will? I, I want to thank you for allowing me to be on the show today, um, Representative Brooks. Uh, it's an honor to, to meet you, sir. Um, Likewise. We have, we have a... Uh, a series of uh, sanitation, basically, services that we are currently in the process of building that won't benefit this disaster at all, but in the future will. We'll have the capabilities of coming in with a couple different types of trailers that um, we can pull into any water source, be it salt water, brackish water, or any type of fresh water and produce roughly 14,000 gallons of potable drinking water per day. Um, then we'll also have the capabilities of coming in and tying into the sanitation sewer plant and treating 
an estimated 300,000 gallons of raw sewage a day. Um, I know that that's not beneficial to this particular storm, but Texas is storm prone for hurricanes and, and other issues. One issue that, that is about to come about for the state of Texas is groundwater and flooding. Uh, we have a full containment system here to protect most of the infrastructure, be it public utilities, uh, public-owned buildings of any kind. Um, with, the, with the incoming fluctuation of groundwater that is about to hit Texas from the north, as, as that polar vortex came about, we see the immediate um, catastrophic that, that happened in Texas with the power and water outages, what, what a lot of folks don't think about is what's coming, what's coming from the north, from North Dakota. As your snow and ice melts in North Dakota, it's going to end in either uh, Louisiana or Texas, depending on what, what part of the state that you're in. I think you mentioned West North Dakota. So most of that water is going to end up in Texas. And as that happens, the, the flooding is going to occur. And those are the things that we specialize in. Number one is temporary flood protection equipment and diverting groundwater and surface water. And of course, you see this as a, a something that's going to be needed over the next few weeks as kind of a secondary after effect of what people need is clean up and etc. Absolutely, you know, and it it's not our, our realm is larger than just the flood protection. We also get into flood mitigation and flood remediation. Uh, as this flood water comes down, you know, there's going to be roads that are, that are going to be washed out, bridges that are going to be damaged. Um, if you watch the news, you can see even up here they're, they're showing all of the, of the damage that's occurring to the critical infrastructure in more than just Texas, but especially Texas. Um, we do offer ways of bringing water systems back online and assisting public utilities as far as getting their critical infrastructure back online and trying to relieve some of this pain in Texas. Uh, we're, we're here to help in any way possible with any humanitarian need. Um, I'm bringing more than just enough water for Vicki. I hope to help a few more families with, with water, milk, whatever Vicki tells me that, that those folks need, I'll, I'll do everything I can to fill my truck up on my way down. Raymond Hagen, that's the name of the voice you're hearing. Vicki Leach also on the line with us. Brooks Landgraf, representative Brooks Landgraf. And Brooks, I just kind of wanted to pass this question off to you as we conclude here as I'm looking at the time. You know, what Raymond Hagen was talking about is actually legitimate because in North Dakota, when we had the Bakken boom come back in the 2003, 4, and 5, 
Um, right around 2008, 9, and 10, the roads were a real problem because those roads were built for maybe a half a dozen combines a year. That's it, you know, and all of a sudden we got these these 18 wheelers on them and then all the, you know, you get, you get a flash flood that comes and that road's gone, just washes out type of a thing. So I, I get, I get where these are actually serious problems that a lot of people don't understand out there. So my question to you, Brooks is what's next? You know, I like to, I like to look at what should we do next? What's the call to action? What do you want people to know? You know, Vicki got her problem taken care of and and everything else, but she's still on water rationing. You know, Governor Abbott's still setting out press releases, so there's investigations happening. What should people do this week as, uh, you know, we kind of experience the aftermath? Well, so, yeah, as for what the actions are, to, uh, action items are right now, I think it's, it's pretty clear. Uh, we need to make sure that all Texans uh, get water um, and, and get have their basic needs taken care of. Uh, and, and look, that, the, the government needs to do that to the, to the greatest extent possible. But I've always found that, you know, neighbors helping neighbors is also, uh, you know, more effective uh, than, uh, you know, than getting the government machinery. I mean, it, this is going to be an all hands on deck type of effort, but making sure that people's basic needs are being taken care of, I think is the, is the action item uh, this week, uh, repealing uh, regulations that make it difficult for, uh, you, you know, to get, uh, you know, trucks from, uh, warehouses to grocery stores, you know, anything like that. You know, we just need to make it easy to make sure that people are taken care of. I think that's the order of business uh, here for the uh, you know for the next few days, and it has been for the last several days as well. Um, as far as the larger policy issues go, uh, look, we're we're about to be in accountability season for uh, for the poor decision making or the poor policies that that led to this situation. Uh, so there there absolutely has to be accountability, but even uh, even more important than that is we need to have uh, a, a system in place that prevents the state of Texas from going through this nightmare uh, ever again. The people of Texas deserve better than what they got this week. Uh, I think we're going to find that uh, there could have been uh, – this could have been a preventable uh, situation uh, if, if we had uh, spent the money in a smart way where we needed to uh, and, and communicated in a better way. I think that we could have uh, – we could have all been in a better situation. So we need to make sure that we do everything possible to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So, uh, yeah, immediately we need to make sure that people are taken care of, uh, in terms of water and, and food and fuel. Uh, but then moving forward, we got to hold everybody accountable and we've got to uh, change our policies to make sure this doesn't happen again. And before we go to the break, I just want to, I just kind of want to leave with this a little bit, you know, throughout times, these things do happen. They do happen. And, what makes us better as a society is how we react, you know. And when I take a look at Sterling and I were talking about the old Exxon, Exxon Valdez oil tanker spill from was it the eighties or nineties? I can't remember when it was, but eighties. Eighties, it yeah. was. You know, we we had all of a sudden we got double tankers out of that and 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 expandable membranes, and there was a lot of good that came out of this. So, what I'm looking at here is that if Texas is going to get an upgraded grid. And we're going to get better policy and we're going to figure out ways that are going to make the individual more safe and more secure. I think that's probably going to be a good thing in the end. I don't know what your thought is on that, Brooks, but or Vicky or Raymond or anybody on that. I'll I'll let you guys have the final word, I guess. And nobody wants it. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say that I agree. I, 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 well, 
I was going to give the, the others a chance because I've been talking too much here uh, in, in, in true politician form, unfortunately. Uh, but, uh, no, I think, you know, there is another lesson in all of this, and I think for, for this particular show it's, it's important to note that, uh, look, there's, we, we do a lot of things really well in Texas. Uh, evidently, preparing for a, a polar vortex is not one of them. Uh, but, you know, one thing that we do very well, uh, particularly in the part of the Texas where I come from, the Permian Basin, is we produce – uh, natural gas uh, very prolifically and very well and uh, it's that can be a tremendously reliable uh, source uh, to generate electricity and I think that we need to make sure that because we have natural gas in abundance uh, we need to prioritize that on our grid because it is so reliable but we need to make sure that the plants that, that use natural gas as a fuel to generate electricity uh, are properly winterized but if you do something well focus on that um, and make sure that it's set up for success and that's a big takeaway that i have uh and a lesson that i've learned this week is that we need to uh do what we do best uh you know there are other energy forms and, and i understand the conversation about those and i'm not saying that uh you know that we can't include that as part of a larger portfolio uh but we need to make sure that everything is competing on on a, on a on a fair playing field uh, but we also need to make sure that when push comes to shove uh, that we're relying on our uh, on our most reliable source, and and for me in Texas, I think that's natural gas. Snow's falling, wind's starting to blow. Season's drifting up on my front door. Well, life slows down at a few below. You're walking out.
joking with the people that I know. And I'm thinking I'm drinking. I'm